Zero Hours, Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero Hours! Hello and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I talk to comedians and other creators about the best and worst jobs they've done to get by. Today I'm joined by comedian and writer, Jen Collier. Hi! Hey, how are you doing? I'm alright, thanks. Yes, how are you? Also well. We're at... Again, doing this distanced. Um, I think it would be, would it be legal for us to go to each other's houses now? Absolutely. Yeah, is it? Yeah. My oh. housemate is not doing COVID and she has turned our house into an illegal speakeasy. And there's people here all the time. So, so I think it is legal to have pals around, just not like loads of them. Oh, okay then. Fair enough. Well, that was cool. Uh, <laughs> how, you should uh, try and document it for like the grandchildren. Like, oh yeah, you know, back in the pandemic when I did a speakeasy. We're drinking like prosecco out of coupes, coupes, coupes. I don't know what you call them even, but it's it's awesome. crazy. It's because she's successful. So oh right, I, I kind of ride on her um, prohibition coattails. Right, great. Because I've never been successful, so I, I wouldn't know what I was looking at. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so, I mean, we should probably get right into it. You know, okay. into what the people have paid for. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, no one's paying for this, <laughs> <laughs> apart from me. Uh, what What was your worst job? Oh, well, it's really tricky, right, because before you rang, I wrote down all my jobs and I've done 20 of the bastards. Wow, that's so yeah. many bad jobs. Loads of, well, I mean, I had 20 jobs. Um, right. So, like, some of them <laughs> slash one of them was fine. No, a few of them were fine. A lot of them were terribly bad. Um, right. I'd say the worst time I had was in the fertility clinic. Oh, um, okay. I worked in a fertility clinic for three and a half years when I first moved to London, and it was an emotional roller coaster. I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so, like, what were you doing in the fertility clinic? <laughs> yeah, I always forget to say that. I'm like, I was working in a fertility clinic, and people always assume I was one of the wank nurses, but I was not. <laughs> um, I was a receptionist. And actually, to be fair, the first approximately two years or year and a half there were fine being a receptionist but um then it became highly stressful because we took on two other receptionists I had to be the boss of and I am about as authoritative as Bungle from Rainbow there's just like (laughs) I'm not I don't have a manager managerial (laughs) cell in my body and so every time I was asked them to do anything and they were really scary too. So if they were just like normal people who didn't want to be managed, then it would have been fine. But they were like really scary school bullies. Oh, they were like no. mean, mean girls. And um, and so I would find myself, if I ever had to give them a task to do, I would just like put on a silly voice to try and make it not awkward. So I'd be like, can you remember to lock the clinic at the end of work? Because we're going to get robbed because they would just walk out without locking it. And they were just an absolute liability. Um and it was hell on toast and I was just doing all our work oh my god that was like therapy because I just couldn't stop talking (laughs) (laughs) so like were there was there incompetence due to just like lack of work experience were they young or was it that they were just cunts 
Oh, I'm so glad you've dropped in the cunt word. <laughs> Get it in early. <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were doing it. Um, we're always for, doing it. <laughs> thank you for being the cunt canary. Um, <laughs> yes, they were cunts. <laughs> right, I got you. So they were, they were inept to a point, but not as inept as they kind of pretended to be, and they were very lazy. And so they were just, like, always on their phones, the phone just under the desk. I felt like a supply teacher, and they were just, like, really cunty pupils and um but they also somehow managed to poison our boss against me too what? so I just I was in this like cunt sandwich oh, no. <laughs> where the people above me were like Jenny's not doing any work and I was the only one doing any work and the people below me were like let's tell everyone she's doing no work and so um yeah it was a really dark time in my life oh, but God. I'm, out of, I'm out of it now I've just remembered another job I had that was, yeah. that was riddled with cunts as well. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe I forgot that one. Hit me. I was, I was a personal trainer. Um, oh. Yeah, I was a personal trainer for a really short period of time, which is what I did after quitting the clinic. Right. Um, but all my clients were cunts. Oh no. So like, Hang on, we... there's a bit of a pattern here. <laughs> oh God, am I the cunt? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm the cunt. <laughs> How did I never see it before? <laughs> the only job I can do is driving around the country on my own. <laughs> oh man. But like, uh, so was it that those, like, were you freelancing or did you work for a gym? Oh, so um, I was, I was freelancing. And so I qualified, which was three and a half grand ill spent <laughs> um oh. really poorly spent <laughs> yeah so um, much money it's so much money but I thought it would like pave the way for me to be like um my own boss etc and I used to be into keep fit so I did it and then I was like oh and I'll do a bit of freelance and like train my pals to gain confidence and I trained a couple of pals which was lovely but I also met a man who let me be his employee in this kind of boot camp in the parks yeah so when it was the winter and he didn't want to get up at 5 a.m he would just get his like um minion employee to go and to go and do it instead and um and so I would train like 12 people in the dark in the pissing rain ice cold conditions um at like six in the morning um having got two buses to get there because it wasn't it wasn't like handy um got there and then the people because I was so new I didn't have much equipment so I had like a skipping rope per person no a few skipping ropes a few gloves and pads for boxing um and a tarp so they could do like bodyweight exercises if it was too muddy but I didn't have any like kettlebells or things like that and so they hated me because they were like, where's our normal man with all the equipment? And I'm like, hello, please, can you run around for a bit and do some press ups? And they hated it. And so they like complained about me. Oh, <laughs> no. They were all like purple like, and sweating and like um, dying by the end of the session. So I trained them good, but I just didn't like vary it that much. Yeah, you didn't have things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where's the man with the things and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly because also you would have then if you'd have brought kettlebells presumably had to have taken those <laughs> on the two buses exactly um and I simply wasn't prepared to do that 
Absolutely not. No, that's <laughs> that is too big an ask yeah. already. Couldn't they? <laughs> right? Could they have not brought stuff if they wanted stuff? Um, it it never really got to that point because by the time they had like mentioned to the boss, you know, she only brings gloves, boxing gloves, and pads, and skipping ropes and stuff, and like there's not that much variation. And then he was like, okay, maybe I'll have a word with her. And then he had a word with me. And then I did it again. And I did it again. And then they were like, <laughs> we could just do with not having her. And then by then, spring had sprung. Daylight was with us. And the guy was happy to do it again and keep all the money. So we all parted happy that it was over. Oh, that's what a lovely <laughs> tale. <laughs> so was there nothing after that that made you want to continue in any other capacity? No. I um so I was thinking I think I was only a personal trainer for like a month. <laughs> about a month of my life. And then I haven't looked back. I haven't been to a gym since I qualified as a personal trainer. But I have invented an extra meal in the day called afternoon lunch. Nice. So and you have that? I have that every day. Today it was ice cream. <laughs> it's just Sorry. a second lunch in the mid-afternoon. <laughs> yeah, like what time are we talking? Um, so it was four, four o'clock today. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's mid. Because <laughs> I, I usually eat about two and then mm. at about six. Yeah. It's a, a big gap early. Just, I believe very heavily in getting all those uh carbs in late in the day (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the healthiest way of doing it (laughs) if i remember that is the best thing to do yeah yeah yeah. like eat really healthy throughout the day and then just biscuits (laughs) (laughs) a few bowls of crunch nut cornflakes that's a good one to have just before bed yeah For some like really wacky dreams. Yeah. <laughs> when I, the sleep finally comes. <laughs> I um I remember reading. I so I kept waking up feeling hungover and I was like, but I've not been drinking. What is it? And it apparently if you eat fatty foods late at night, yeah. it dehydrates you so you feel hungover. Yeah. So I've just been eating too much cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but cheese is a really good bedtime meal because um, the alkaline in it is good for your teeth. So you can eat it even after. So, you know, when you've committed, you've already come at to going to bed, you brush your teeth. You're like, I'm going to bed. And then you're like, no, I need cheese. Cheese is just like an, an added brushing of your teeth. Because the, I mean, I'm not a full dentist, but <laughs> the alkaline of the cheese is supposed to neutralize acid in your teeth. And right. so it's actually good to go to bed with still a little bit of cheese on your teeth. <laughs> and, then, and then also the wacky dreams. Um, but then, yeah, the hangover, you then get a cheese hangover. <laughs> a kind of Stilton hangover. Yeah. I suppose it's just all about what you're willing to work with, isn't it? <laughs> Oh man. So that's um yeah, personal training, would you ever go back to? Is it like a, a thing that does that three and a half grand, which I as soon as I was like, that's a lot of money, realise I'm in fifty thousand pounds worth of uni debt oh, yeah, for a degree you. that I did like fuck all with. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, but like is that something does it expire or can you just 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, that expired right. ages right. ago. <laughs> so, it, oh sure. So it expired. <laughs> uh, it, no, it would have expired in a year. But what you do is top up your like um, training points. So you have to. And so I did do an extension. So when I personal training, because I the timeline is a bit blurry because I'm getting older, but. I started the personal training while I worked in the clinic, the, the spaff shop. Yeah. And um, so I, there was a period of time where I was training people in the morning, uh, really early doors, and then going and doing an actual job in the day. Yeah, that sounds appalling. Horrendous. Yeah. Um, sometimes gigging at night as well. I don't oh. know how I did it because I can barely scrape together the energy simply to drive to Bristol and do a gig and once a week let alone <laughs> um this but somehow I did it but so I topped up the training with um pregnancy and um uh like f- pre-pregnancy um fitness because I was like ah I'll poach some of the clients from the, the jizz clinic to be my clients Wise. but then I hated hated it hated everything about all the pregnant people <laughs> so I just fucked it all off and went and told pube jokes instead. Yeah, fair enough. Exactly. So when was it that you got into comedy? Was that prior to these? How long have you been? So so it was uh, like the comedy and the personal training were like, they began at around the same time. Because right. I was like, I just have to, I wanted to be a, um, an actor or a comedian or just something before me. And then I thought that personal training would like help me supplement self-employed income yeah um (laughs) instead it was just a massive outgoing right at the beginning of my self-employed career anyway um (laughs) (laughs) I so I started uh, around 2011-12 was my first like gigs yeah um and then I kind of phased out the the jobs and then phased out the personal training and then became self-employed I think 2014-15 yeah something like that yeah yeah for a while yeah so now that I'm now that I'm looking for stuff to help pay my rent um (laughs) I realize how very unemployable I am now that I've gone for so long without an actual job or a boss or having to set my alarm for a time with am in the title it's like how do you do it again yeah but I suppose also a lot of dealing with people skills which... Yeah, but also telling people to fuck off. <laughs> it's like true. <laughs> frowned upon in the, in the orthodox employment. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah sure, it is. Mm. But, you know, if you've had uh, like a room full of people in Blackburn calling you a slag, then <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a me story, not a you one. <laughs> I think I've got one of those as well. Oh, I know, it's wow. Burnley. It's Burnley for me. Oh, okay, but one in the same. And they were only calling me a slag with their eyes, not actually. <laughs> not verbalising it. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, it's, I mean, it's fine. I, I nearly cried in the car as my mum was like, is everything okay? I was like, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, but now I've managed to get a joke out of it, and it's fine. <laughs> but at the time, very hurtful, yeah. uh, I will say. But, you know, once that's happened to you, I can now, like, anything, yeah. it's fine. Because, yeah. you know, it's not that. 
totally I can totally yeah I can see that that you do feel like you face like the worst you face what is a nightmare sometimes at a gig and you're like that was fine and if you just laugh about it then it is actually quite lols and then so saying the wrong thing to somebody in a suit is just like big deal yeah what of it and I think it shows that you can uh you know deal with situations that are <laughs> sometimes confrontational yeah. I'm just remembering because I'm just saying like um yeah you know you can really pretty much take anything but I've just remembered that um about a month ago I got I had a job interview for a reception role uh, again in the healthcare sphere and it was just before masks were mandatory yeah but masks were kind of if you think about it they should be mandatory. So yeah. if you're going to a healthcare job, you should be probably wearing a mask if you've had a brain in your head. But I didn't even have a mask. But I had a snood in my bag. And I wore a snood for the interview. <laughs> <laughs> so even after all this, like, yeah, self-employed, I'm just so, like, um, you know, resourceful and adaptable to difficult situations. And yet... I didn't like even reference the fact that I was wearing a snood. <laughs> didn't, didn't get it. Did not no. get the job. <laughs> I'm adaptable to all situations, but this one. <laughs> Who could have seen it coming? <laughs> There's some things that stand up just can't prepare you for. <laughs> no, like a pandemic. <laughs> None of us were, were looking. <laughs> I remember thinking like so prior to pandemic my employment I was like yeah I'm pursuing comedy yeah I want this to be the job but you know I think that the theatre and hospitality you know people always need to eat and be entertained don't they and apparently not (laughs) (laughs) no one could have called it no No. one could have called it that something like this would happen where everything you think is secure is just whipped out from under you um yeah, it's it's horrible. It's tricky, but now, surely, like, everything's going to open up again and it'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, eventually it has to, right? Yeah. Or it, or it won't. It um. will. It will. <laughs> I'm, like, really, I'm, like, I've got a psychotic level of optimism where I'm just, like, <laughs> it's going to be fine. Look, I still haven't got a job. <laughs> In fairness... 50 million people died in 1918 to 1920, like at least. Five zero million? Yeah. Like that's the bottom level estimate of the... uh, I'm loath to call it the Spanish flu because I think that that's like calling it the China virus, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Problematic. Yeah. uh, (laughs) When when you realise the reason why it's called that... But, yeah, I mean, everything went back to normal after all of them people died yeah. then. So, be great, won't it? It will be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, it will be fine eventually, I believe. Yeah, we've not even hit a million yet, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're doing these, like, graphs where we're like, oh, no, it's nearly a million. And then, like, I'm not even going to say it because it's too bleak. But, yeah, no, hopefully we've seen the worst of it. Yeah, and, fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm no doctor, though, so... Sure, yeah, yeah. 
Who knows? Imagine how insightful this podcast would be if I was a full dentist and you were a full doctor. We could like solve all of this. Yeah, it'd be fine. Uh, and then like the 50 people that listen to this would be like, oh my God, <laughs> why haven't they told anyone? <laughs> Maybe uh, I could retrain it as a dentist. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting, I wanted to get my teeth done before the pandemic and I wish I had got braces at the beginning so that by the time we come out of it, I would have perfect teeth. Uh, One of the biggest regrets of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you could get it sorted for the second wave. Yeah, maybe. I might might do that. I was was zooming in on pictures of my teeth yesterday, just like a healthy person does. Yeah. And every one of my teeth is doing its own thing. Like none of them are adhering to any kind of tooth pattern yeah I mean like I'm looking at your teeth now and uh there we go uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they look lovely thanks <laughs> but I'm just surrounded by nice people so you say that my housemate is like there's nothing wrong with your teeth and I'm like I have seen pictures of my teeth though and I look like some kind of you know the fish that are at the very bottom of the sea the one with a little light thing. Yeah, the ones that look like monsters. Yeah. That's my teeth. <laughs> That's what I, my teeth look like, there, those guys. <laughs> I think you're doing yourself a disservice there, but those <laughs> those fish freak me the fuck out, and I don't think we should go to the bottom of the sea. I don't want to know what's there. <laughs> that was my thing through pandemic, watching uh, those David Attenborough documentaries. Oh, like Blue, Blue Planet and stuff. Yeah, just seeing the world that is inaccessible at the moment yeah yeah I don't and I didn't like them I don't I don't <laughs> like it I don't want to know I love that you say the part of the world that's inaccessible at the moment like whenever there's not a pandemic going on I am at the bottom of the sea I'm like fish <laughs> swimming around looking at the little dangler fish yeah all the time <laughs> <laughs> what was your go-to for the pandemic um what like for viewing pleasure yeah or like just what what got you through um well now that it's nearly over I suppose if I had to some summarize what I've achieved or what I've done I've done a little bit of Duolingo Welsh every day like five mins max nice Um, I can speak Welsh better than I could before that's good I've I've learned learned a little bit of the piano but only a very small amount and I learned the other day, I cannot do it if I'm drunk. <laughs> and um, and I've watched Ozark. Have you seen Ozark? I haven't. Is it good? It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and I had like a lovely little, like, make my snacks and and watch it and sit and just watch three in a row. And then that's like most of the day gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but, 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 but the last three months I've been, or two months I've been in London, but the first three I was in Wales. So I was like hiking. I I nearly um, set myself a challenge of walking the height of Everest. Right. But in, a, in a month. In a month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in a, <day. laughs> a couple of days. Through it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I got a gammy knee. Oh. And then, um, and then, yeah, just doing lots of walking. Yeah. Everest knee, as the call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gout. I think it could have been gout. Because oh, okay. when I was at my parents' house, um, we really drank, you know. I mean, I, I don't want to put land them in it. I drank a lot. 
um <laughs> had a lot of butter and <laughs> kingsley for kingly food <laughs> <Pate. laughs> kingly food yeah i ate like a king and i had to walk up everest to not look like a henry the eighth so <laughs> it was yeah it was a lot of just like trying to balance out what i was doing what i was eating and drinking in the first few months yeah because I feel yeah. like I did the whole uh, got fat early doors, just eating <laughs> and drinking, but then got into exercise. So by the time I was allowed back out into gen pop, just sort of looked like I'd maintained it. <laughs> no one need ever gen know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? You want to come out of it recognisable. Yeah. And like and so like yeah, I I started I one of my things that I did at the beginning um I noticed that I was clenching my teeth uh extensively. Mm. And so I because I was so um dreadfully stressed about my future. Yeah. So I um I would whenever I consciously noticed that I was clenching my teeth, I would consciously transfer the tension to my belly and try and like do a ab squeezes so yeah. that I'll try and have a six pack by the time I come out Why? <laughs> but then I've had a lot of port as well so <laughs> oh. just balancing it just balancing it out yeah I have really smooth teeth at the back from all the grinding and clenching and a balanced weight maybe who knows still not out of it properly are we I suppose well yeah that's true there's still time <laughs> for whatever goals we had and I did have Ben and Jerry's for afternoon lunch so oh, that's so good they're fighting the good fight aren't they? <laughs> so which on your list of 20 would you say was your best best oh, I love being a comedian I do love yeah. being a comedian um but I also had a job one of my very first ever jobs was um being a potter mm-hmm. um which was nice. It was in my dad's pottery. Yeah. And so he would, he had a pottery that I would do potting in. Yeah. Uh, as in help sell the pots, help teach little children to throw pots and just basically sit and listen to the radio with my dad. So oh, that's quite nice. <laughs> yeah. So it's like ghost. <laughs> the... Oh my God. <laughs> I can't see. Yeah. Oh, I've blurred it. Hang on. Let me get rid of the background so you, so that you can tell I'm not lying. <laughs> Hang on. Um, oh. so it, ter- it turns out that Skype backgrounds are more accessible than Zoom ones. Pottery, pottery ghost. <laughs> and because if you had asked me in depth about pottery, the pottery, yeah. I was going to say when my dad was teaching kids how to throw a pot yeah. on the wheel, the parents of the children would go, <laughs> it's like ghosts and I'd be like what are you saying like <laughs> my dad's gonna so it was, that was funny but you got in there before uh, me but it's like <laughs> um because it was with my dad as well it's like absolutely nothing like ghosts but a lot of people did make the reference to ghosts so right I see because your Kick! dad isn't <laughs> dead <laughs> yes <laughs> Uh, all been sexually active with those children. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can safely say. <laughs> it was the opposite of ghost, apart from the pot- the pottery was the only linking factor. 
Um, <laughs> so your dad made the pots. My dad made the pots, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Does he still make the pots? He doesn't know. He um, retired a few years ago. Um, but we would all, we would make pots as well. You know, it was like a family. Like we could all we we could all if we had to, if somebody had a gun to our head and said make a candle holder on this pottery wheel, we could do it. And it wouldn't oh. be like, <laughs> it wouldn't be like you wouldn't sell it for loads of money. You'd just be like that. You could set you could put a candle in that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a good skill to have. Thanks. It's certainly an interesting one. Yeah, I, w- I, don't, I would like to pull it out of the bag one day because I haven't potted since I worked there. Um, and so I would like to just be like, oh, here's a stall that's doing pottery. Do you want to have a go? Oh, I, I don't know. I'll give it a go. And then just like, just whap out a candle holder while yeah. everyone, else is, everyone else is getting like splattered and like making fools of themselves. <laughs> yeah, like fucking smash it and be like, oh, this is my first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like some... Somewhere in my life, I want to hustle at being a potter. Yeah. And, like, I mean, you still, there's still time. You still could. <laughs> Get it done. <laughs> Start an Etsy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's Etsying at the minute, aren't they? Are they? I've never Etsied. I've never even, I don't even really know what it is. No, is it the it's... same as Pinterest? And what is Pinterest? <laughs> I don't know what Pinterest is. Every time I find I Google something and Pinterest comes up as the site that's hosting the thing, I click on it and then it's just not there. It's just yeah. loads of pictures of like curtains and shit. I don't understand it. Yeah. But like Etsy's like eBay, but for shit that people have made at home and it's <laughs> really expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, you could totally be one of those guys. <laughs> If you wanted to be. <laughs> okay. Okay, that could be my new um income stream. Yeah. So what was the what was the history with the parts? Did you just like doing it? Was it a family thing? So him and my mum in the seventies lived in Hemel Hempstead doing corporate jobs in a corporate world, nine to five rat race driving down the M one or something. I don't know which but they were like, we don't like working these jobs. They went and had a holiday in North Wales um, uh, in the summer, which was like beautifully sunny in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, right on the Sheen Peninsula that looks out to Bardsey Island. And it's it's like heaven. Yeah. And they they were like, oh, my God, why don't we move here? And in the 70s, obviously, they were like, should we buy a house for 20p? Um, <laughs> and they were like, because we could just do that. And so they were like, sack off these jobs where we're earning money let's move to the move to a little cottage that they honestly got for like a very small amount of money um just be potters even though we don't really know we we've never potted but they had a friend who potted and then he showed them yeah um and then they got a pot a, a pottery his workshop and um and then and then that was it that's such a cool like life change isn't it yeah yeah it is super cool but the thing that they neglected to realize because they didn't have google then was the day the week they came up for a holiday in north wales and it was glorious weather they were like this place is heaven let's move here but um it actually normally rains like 300 days a year 
but right. they just happened to get a really good week and so they were like we've been tricked <laughs> oh no yeah but it's still beautiful but it's not like they thought it was like oh my god it's just like um somewhere in the south of france but it ain't no it's like somewhere in the north of wales <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man who's like who buys the pups tourists is it Tourists. Generally, uh, generally tourists. So it was in the Padan Park, which is at the at the base of Snowdon. Right. And so you would get lots of um, holiday makers coming to have holidays in the Welsh mountains and they would come and buy mugs and jugs and candle holders and sugar bowls and vases and stuff like that. Oh, that's really sweet. And then they'd throw pots and then... Um, we would post them to them glazed or they'd take them away with them that day. Yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you the business model now. Like, <laughs> and so sometimes they could pay a little bit extra and we'd send it on to them glazed. Like, <laughs> you don't need my life story. Were they ever any good or were they all like dog shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, well, no, they weren't ever that shit because they were guided by... Um, either me or my dad, usually my dad, the ones that I helped to make were much shitter than the ones my dad helped to make. Right. And sometimes you had to like, if they left them with you to glaze, you would sometimes have to like put a little bit of clay in the bottom because they'd, we'd, we'd made a hole in the bottom by mistake and stuff like that. So we had to like repair them slyly and like, yeah. Or, oh my God, it's like tricks of the trade, but yeah. no one can sue him now, right? Nah. <laughs> and and he it was all there was no receipts. He didn't do major credit cards. I doubt he did <laughs> there was nothing. Um, <laughs> but there was one or two of the children's pots that had maybe taken a bit too long to make, or had had the maybe somebody had been a bit rough-handed. That when they would leave the shop, the pots would maybe collapse, and in those instances, my dad would make a new pot similar in shape to the one that was made oh my god I feel like I feel like this is maybe one of the worst things I've ever done is like (laughs) tell tell on my dad but it was out of love because it was like you want the kid to go away from their holiday going I made a beautiful pot yeah um and if and if the (laughs) if it if that hadn't happened then it would have been sad yeah Um, and arguably you know as a parent I would prefer to have a pot professionally made to yeah. display in my house <laughs> than just some shit <laughs> yeah the only pitfall or the only like stumbling block might be if they had taken photos during the making of the pot and if they'd taken a photo once it was made but on the bat ready to like be taken and prepared if they'd taken a photo at that point and gone home and then it'd come back and it'd been like our one had a much more pronounced rim. <laughs> um, that yeah. could be the title of the podcast. This yes. Pod- this episode. <laughs> pronounced rim. <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh, man. So what, what else is on that list of 20? Oh, okay. So I whap through some of them. Yeah. Give us your, give, like, your top hits shoe shop I worked in Clark's as a teenager I would fit kids shoes um welly there were wellies with Winnie the Pooh on and the name of those wellies was Pooh Splash gross um fertility (laughs) clinic um 
bathroom showroom worked in a bathroom showroom for a bit yeah um like but it was a high-end one where people had to book appointments we had a Chelsea football player come in um and I wasn't allowed to make eye contact with him because I was too common what um yeah they it was like super expensive fancy um taps cost 12 grand what each or do you get a pair for 12 grand (laughs) 12 grand per one tap what they didn't didn't even say hot or cold on them and they would have like diamond diamond encrusted uh, bog brush holders what that sounds garish it was insane um I didn't work there for very long because I got the scruffy talk early doors and I was like I don't think this place is for me (laughs) what what's the scruffy talk the scruffy talk I've I've had the scruffy talk in every job I've had which is where you're taken to one side and been like um so it's not really appropriate for you to wear converse (laughs) in this place (laughs) of work or like um or or you know you know those like really shit tapering trousers you've got from next it's it's gonna need to be Prada and I'm always just like well if you're gonna pay for my Prada trousers then maybe but do Prada even do trousers I don't understand and that's why I can't be employed anywhere <laughs> yeah fair dues <laughs> I, I did what the only time we ever had that was working hospitality and they just line everyone up and tell you uh, in what ways each person looks like <laughs> shit. And then they're like, anyway, good shift, guys. And you're like, okay. <laughs> they lined you up? Yeah, everyone has to line up and they're just like, you know. Oh, my God, it's like the Von Trapp family singers. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's sad. And <laughs> oh, my God, that's really <laughs> gonna, horrible. At least with the scruffy yeah. talk, it's like you're you're kind of taken to one side and like, maybe you should think about that top maybe you should think about how bobbly your top is <laughs> yeah but uh, no uh yeah uh yeah what else is on the list oh um um, um comedian um bar bar person in a private members club that was my very very last temping job and I hated that uh, gardener I was a gardener at um a national trust property controversial <laughs> <gasps> I haven't properly read the news so I don't I mean I know blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um so is the deal what they're trying to do is like let's learn about our history and a lot of people who have joined uh, the national trust are like we want want to know about history that's not what we want we... to we want to revel in our in our privilege we don't want to learn about and so the national trust have like preempted i don't i don't know what's happened because i haven't read it properly but i think the national trust are going we will teach you about all the horrible things and everyone, a, a certain group of people are going we don't want to know and yeah i don't know but yeah. the gardens are very beautiful at penryn castle in north wales if you go there and that's partially thanks to me but it was when I was 18 so some of the stuff might have grown back yeah I don't know I would say like still you know I'm sure some of your work is still relevant yeah if I hadn't been there you'd be able to tell yeah you'd be able to tell 100% and I left part of my spirit there as well so um (laughs) It was a great. It was a great two weeks. <laughs> I didn't get sacked. Um, no, I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> I was a runner in a television production company. Um, again, when I was 18, but that that was work experience. 
Yeah. Um, it was where they sent some people from, they sent the very cream of the crop from the Welsh schools to London. It was like a scheme. And I was uh, one of the best people. <laughs> so Are you the creamy crop? <laughs> that just gives you an idea of how bad our school was. <laughs> Don't cut all of this out because obviously that's horrendous. <laughs> but I am joking. I don't. I got onto it because I was like, I want to go. I want a job in telly, and then yeah. they were like, go go and be a runner in a TV production company. And, and so that was. Um, I, I was a runner on the Gadget Show. Oh, cool! Um, which was so exciting, and it was a very sweaty two weeks because yeah. it was in London. It was like June, July, and I'd never really been to London before on my own. And so yeah. it was a real, like, we stayed in, like, a and b in Victoria that was actually really nice. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, super exciting. And, um, yeah, I was like, one day I'm going to live here and be, be in television. And I'm still waiting for that day. <laughs> <laughs> was it like, oh, my God, I bet all homes are like this in London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet, like, you can never smell damp or, like, piss everywhere or like I bet there's not chicken bones everywhere you go and like um I do love London though I can't imagine leaving no I I hear you but I just wish the landlords were a little bit more attentive I think they might I think with this whole pandemic I think we that the market might mean that we get to pay less and or they improve the living scenario if they want to keep charging what they're charging yeah just a little just a little another glimpse into my psychotically optimistic um <laughs> mind where I'm just like I think it's going to be fine and I think if anything our living situations will become better I sincerely <laughs> hope so well I mean after the black death so many people died uh, that working conditions got better because you know there were fewer people to do the shit jobs so <laughs> hopefully <laughs> without you know sort of what was it three quarters of Europe dying <laughs> We'll be everything will be better, <laughs> right? It's going to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me. That was. Oh my god! Cut that out. Did you hear it? No. Okay. Just had a little gurgle. Yeah. No, <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> that that moment there. Nothing happened at that moment. No. Um, I also worked in Morrison's in Newcastle. Okay. Um, as a checkout officer, <laughs> I don't know, not an officer. What do you call them? Checkout personnel, assistant. Yeah, well, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and back in those days, um, it was when I was a student. I was really poor, and I used to get free pies from the bakery at the end of my shift, and so all my meals were like pie. And so I would come home and I'd be like, they'd be like, what are you having for tea, Jenny? I'd be like, pie. And then I'd be like, I guess what I've got for afters, pie. And so it was like a chicken pie, a proper, I mean, I'm not talking about like a little, it was like a family pie. Wow. And then for afters, like a family raspberry jam pie. And, um, and I was slamming on the weight. And one of my <laughs> housemates said to me, um, you, uh, you like your pies, don't you, Jenny? And I was like, yeah. So it was a pretty pie-heavy time of my life. Really leaning into the northern lifestyle. Oh, God, I dug it. I really dug it. 
free pie you can't go wrong with free pie I've always said (laughs) Uh, I was a hydrologist in the environment agency for water resources a technical officer I I couldn't even tell you what I was doing there yeah how how long did you last (laughs) two years did you did you ever know what you were doing no 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 (laughs) that's incredible (laughs) like what a title though I know hydrologist when I say hydrologist people are like oh like sounds a bit clever it's what I mean I got the job because I had a background in water resource I had I put my degree was in geography and I did some like modules to do with water resources but in my actual job day to day, I don't think I felt very clever and I don't think I did anything that where I went home and went, I did some really intelligent stuff today. I think I photocopied. Yeah. So that, that I understood what I was doing with that and I, I yeah. like scanning and stuff. But I did some stuff with spreadsheets and flow chart, flow um, hydrographs and stuff to do with, um, yeah, it was, it was quite actually I am really clever <laughs> <laughs> it was as clever as it sounds <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to go back to it now I would not know what the shit I was doing no did you enjoy it I the people were lovely the um you know I, I was living with my parents at the time um so I didn't I was it was nice it was like there weren't many I was quite carefree there wasn't any like Oh, I have to rely on free pies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I, it do, I didn't find it fulfilling or that like, uh, I didn't think this is where my future lies. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, next one, uh, just to really quickly go through them. Ticket uh, inspector slash parking attendant at the Bryn Festival and other Welsh festivals. Yeah. So just somebody who does this. Oh, I can, it won't work on your podcast. Somebody who beckons cars and points yeah. to where the cars have to go. Um, and then also inspects tickets at the entry, entrance. And one of my, a couple of me and my school pals were doing it. And one of my best moments was when my mate got shouted at by a guy. So uh, one of the punters yelled at my friend and he was like, he he just basically wanted to get out of the car park, but he had to wait his turn because it was a queuing system. Yeah. And he got out of his car and he was like flipping out at her and being like, you you need to get us out of this car park. It's ridiculous. We've been waiting for an hour. And then she just flips out back and goes, um, listen, mate, you've been fucking sitting on your ass all day watching fucking music and eating fucking burgers. So fucking piss off, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, and at the time we were like 17 or something. And I was just like, that was so perfect that she still thought I should try and like maintain some <laughs> level of customer service while I'm telling him to fuck off. Um, how was how it received professionally? <laughs> um, I don't I don't remember how he responded to that, because I think we all just got everything we wanted from that story. The fact that she called him sir. But one of my other friends sadly got hit by one of the punters <laughs> oh, no. um, and there were no repercussions. It was just like, what a bitch move on oh that was it I thought you were gonna say car oh no sorry no that I thought yeah that did sound like that but no um it was just a woman got out of her car and was like get us out of this fucking field and she was like I can't there's a queue and she's like fucking (laughs) 
and like gave her a slap. Wow, this will help. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you're in a queue, stationary next to the person you've just punched. <laughs> <laughs> At least yeah, my you... friend could have just put some bollards around her car and been like, you ain't going nowhere. Yeah, torch the fucker with her in it. <laughs> Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll just hold my key here. You're going to have to drive past it. <laughs> yeah, oh, keying no. it isn't as good as torching it. <laughs> no, no. But also, it does make me feel a bit sick the thought of being trapped in a flaming car. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that is a bit much. <laughs> um, do you want more, any more? I mean, sure, let's... I've got, got, got jobs coming out of my arsehole. Um, <laughs> out of my pronounced rim. Sorry, to cut that out. Um, it's staying in. <laughs> call centre. I, I worked in Newcastle as a call centre customer service technical advisor. I was fixing oh. broadband for BT, and I, to this day, have got no fucking clue how to fix broadband other than turn it off, turn it on again. Wow. Um, yeah. Which, like, an two adult years, want... two years I lasted there. <laughs> wow. I was going to say, I don't want to shit on your profession, but like, <laughs> whenever I've had broadband issues, that's the first thing I've done. Yeah, yeah. And then I've phoned, yeah. phoned up you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was just really polite <laughs> and quite apologetic. Yeah. And and I was like, have you tried turning it off, turn it on again? And then they'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, okay, but have you tried like holding the off button down for like quite a lot, like 10 seconds? And then if they said they had, I'd be like, okay, so that's called a soft reboot. If you hold it down for 30 seconds, that might be even better. <laughs> um, and then I would just get it, I would escalate it. So I would just send it to back office which was I, I didn't even know what that was but mm-hmm. giving it to somebody better trained yeah um and at one point I was on a desk called UK racist mm-hmm. what well, UK assist but we oh, called okay. it UK racist because it was people who had explicitly requested people with a British accent what? And so we knew that the people coming through to us were racist <laughs> so I we'd be see. like so um I mean yeah it was dark times and then people would come through to you and be like so so you're working in Delhi but you're a British girl and I'd be like I'm in (laughs) Newcastle upon Tyne and yes you've requested somebody who who has an English accent or Welsh accent British accent but guess what I can't help you (laughs) so in your face (laughs) karma really it was like under qualified but what I'm what they asked for so (laughs) that is incredible that that department has to be has to exist right yeah wow yeah I mean I don't know if it still does this was many moons ago because, I mean, like, I completely understand having worked in professions that are on the phone. It is the worst when you have somebody with an accent that you can't understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or who's just talking quietly or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't just hang up 
which has always <laughs> been my go to. <laughs> but uh, Catherine, you're not allowed to do that. All right then. <laughs> but to then make it <laughs> a race issue. I know, is... I, exactly. It's like, if you can't understand, just say, I can't, sorry, can you repeat it? Or, um, or hang up and hope for another one. <laughs> hope for another person that you can hear better. Sometimes yeah. it's just a bad line and you're like, I need to be able to hear you. Yeah. Um, I had one when I worked in a, call, a different call centre fixing it boxes, um, which was a whole new level of fun because we had a dummy box in the office. And so in, in our break times, we could just practice, learn all the answers and then go to the pub in the evening and win loads of money. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> while I was working there, I had to call somebody in a different call centre um, to get something fixed. And I just could not understand what she was saying. She was um, had a very broad Scouse accent. Yeah. And I kept being like, I'm so sorry, could you just repeat that? So was, and then she'd say it again, and I was just like, just could not in any way, shape, or form understand. And I just kept being like, I'm sorry, could you? But instead of her going, yes, I'll say it again, and like she was just getting more and more irate, and I was getting <laughs> more and more polite and apologetic, and it was just escalating and escalating. And she was like, I could hear her like tutting and, and like huffing. And then she did this thing, which I thought was so cruel. At the end of the call, she goes, I don't know if she was thick or what. <laughs> she was like cl- deliberately keeping me on the call and saying to her colleague how she thought I was thick. Wow. But she wanted me to hear it. And it's like, I was just having trouble hearing you. And I'm hard of hearing. Oh, that's <laughs> incredible. So nasty. <laughs> I, feel like, I think I am that person. Like, I get mocked at work for my phone voice a bit. <laughs> Not. Not in a nasty way, just because I like, you know, the amount of people that I phone up and it's, you know, it's about important shit. And they're just like, I, ju- I can't. And I feel like, hello, <laughs> I'm, is this James? <laughs> and I sound, I am embarrassed of me <laughs> because it's so far from me, but yeah. also no one gets this down the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mad <laughs> it's like I like I can't even re- in front of my own family I'm embarrassed to like phone to book a table because I go like weirdly posh and like <laughs> formal yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I was always scared of being on the phone at all yeah and I was scared up until the my very first day at the call center yeah. So I had like two weeks training, still terrified of the phone, but the training was just learning about broadband, but not actually understanding. Yeah. And then I got just put and then they're like, answer the phone. And my hands were shaking and I couldn't like <laughs> press the button. And, and then you have to press mute while you ask for help. Yeah. And I, my sweaty little finger wouldn't like even <laughs> be able to press mute properly. Oh, my God. It was a swift. It wasn't even a swift learning curve. Even in my last week there after two years. If I couldn't help people, I'd be like, sorry, it's my first day. (laughs) (laughs) You're suddenly like, come on, you've been practicing for this your whole life. (laughs) Oh, man. I wonder what it is that's so scary about just talking on the phone. Because I get that too. Yeah, it's like, um, it's scary because, uh, one of the things I think is, you don't know what the other person's face is doing. Yeah. And if you could gauge their, like, oh, excuse me, body language. Sorry about that. I just got <laughs> possessed from one moment. Um, 
if you um if you're talking to somebody face to face you've got like body language facial expression etc but it's the same as when you talk to somebody when they've got sunglasses on you're like are you like making a face about me behind your sunglasses like are you calling me a prick <laughs> with your face <laughs> but yeah. like nod but like nodding or like doing a verbal nod of going like uh-huh yeah but your face is going and so it's that kind of feeling of insecurity. And so if you have an insecurity that nestled in you somewhere anyway, then being on the phone to a stranger is just like utter hell. Yeah, true. Yeah. I think that is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By God, she's got it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I they could just be making the wanker gesture the whole time. Oh my you, god. You'd have no idea. Yeah. I like to think that is what <laughs> everyone ever been on the phone. <laughs> better than just wanking though, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, better than truly wanking. <laughs> Off the two. <laughs> or is it? I mean, that would be a boost to the. <laughs> no, no, I don't want. I don't want to perpetuate that myth. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel so good about myself now. <laughs> no, I don't think I would. I think no. it would be appalling. Actually. <laughs> well, I think that that is pretty much our time. You've had many terrible jobs. Yes. And and lovely ones as well. <laughs> many um, jobs that I've been terrible at, probably. <laughs> That's all it is. They were probably perfectly good jobs, but I just gave them my own shitty edge. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that you want to plug before we uh, we depart? Oh, <clears throat> um, what, like, just myself and my PayPal? <laughs> no, that's really... Um, desperate just like my general videos and social medias where I will hopefully be one day gigging and there I will go oh come to this gig and then if you don't hate me as a person from this then you might enjoy my comedy <laughs> yeah, I think they will enjoy your comedy because you're very good at it so, oh thanks uh yeah <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, are you on Instagram? Instagram, yes. Instagram, no. Jen Jen Collier is my yeah. handle. Yeah, lovely. Well, thank you for uh, coming along. Thanks Being for having me. It. It's so nice to chat to you. Yeah. Bye.